co-host Joel Bouchard, a doctoral student in psychology, and with me is Mr. Norman Gayford, a professor of English and philosophy. Today, we're taking a look at another folktale, this one from Brazil. Without further ado, here is the jaguar and the goat. Once upon a time, there lived in the forest a jaguar and a goat. Jaguar was tired of living in dirty caves among the woods. She decided it was time to build her own place, a house of her own, just like she had always dreamt of, on a nice plot of land. So she started to search for the right spot. It wasn't very easy to find exactly what she had in mind. However, after a long day, she found the perfect spot. This is exactly what I always wanted, sunny, full of trees, with a creek where I can bathe when it is hot. It is just a matter of weeding and leveling the ground. It will be lots of work, but it will be worthwhile. And on the next day, Jaguar worked hard on the plot, cleaning the area, leveling the ground. It was already getting dark when she gathered her tools and left, happy with the results of a hard day's work. Tomorrow I shall start building my own house. Meanwhile, Mr. Goat, tired of living with the other 20 goats on a farm, decided to build a house for himself. Goat had always dreamt of living by himself, doing whatever he pleased. One day, he left the farm very early to search for the right spot where he could build his own house. After much searching, he found the perfect spot. This is so nice. It is exactly what I always wanted. Sunny, full of trees with a creek where I can bathe when it is hot. And look at this. The terrain is already clean. I can start to build the house right away, thought Goat. He started to work, cutting trees and chopping the wood. By midday, he was exhausted, but all the wood he would need for the house was cut and neatly piled. Goat left, as happy as could be, to get some rest. Just after Goat had left, Jaguar came back, for this was exactly the same plot where Jaguar had decided to build her house. She couldn't believe her eyes when she found all the wood she needed cut and piled. This is a miracle. Fortune is helping me. Now I will have to raise the walls, but with this help from above, my home will be ready very soon. Jaguar worked and worked. She raised the walls and the floor of the house, and she sang and whistled as she worked. She only stopped when night fell. She was tired, but it had been worthwhile. The walls were smooth and shiny and strong. Jaguar was so proud of herself, she picked up her tools and left to take her well-deserved rest. On the next day, Goat woke up very early before sunrise and went back to work. When he got there, he could not believe his eyes. Miracle! This must be a miracle! Fortune is helping me! The walls and the floor of his house were ready. He would have only to build the roof, and he worked the whole morning, really excited. By lunchtime, he had finished the roof. He covered the house with leaves from a coconut tree, tied them tightly with a fine rope, and trimmed the edges so it would look nice. He worked very carefully, for he did not want any leaks in his new house. He stood for a long time admiring his own work. Now he had to build the windows and the front door. He was a bit worried. Will I be able to do it? I am so weak and little. Will I be able to do it on my own? But this was something to be dealt with on the next day. He was really exhausted. He picked up all his tools and went back to the farm to get some rest. 
Jaguar arrived just after lunch, full of energy. She wanted to finish as soon as possible so she could move into her new houseboat. When she arrived at the spot, she could hardly believe her eyes. The roof was ready. She fell on her knees. Fortune is really helping me. This is a true blessing, she exclaimed. And she worked harder than ever, strong as she was. She easily put two windows in place and prepared a sturdy front door. It is ready, she said proudly. The windows and the door opened and closed smoothly without a sound. Jaguar even added handles and locks. But now she was tired. I must get some rest, but tomorrow I will paint my house. I think I will be able to move sooner than I thought, thought Jaguar, and she left happily. Goat left the farm to work very early. When he got there, for a moment he thought he had gone to the wrong place. He could not believe his eyes. Is this really my house? Two windows, a door, handles, and locks. I can only thank fortune. This surely is an amazing miracle. Now he had to paint the house. He decided to paint the house white with blue windows and door. And he worked and he worked. But it was worthwhile. The house looked lovely. Goat was happy as could be. Tomorrow I can move here. I will only bring my best things. A house like this deserves the best. And he hurried away, ready to prepare his belongings. Jaguar arrived just after midday and found the house already painted. She couldn't believe her eyes. What a beauty! And it is painted with blue and white, my favorite colors. Fortune is helping me, she thought. And she decided to move in the next day. On the next day, very early, Goat packed all his belongings and left for his new house. Very early, Jaguar packed her possessions and left the forest. Goat and Jaguar met in the middle of the road. Where are you going? Carrying all those things, Mr. Goat, asked Jaguar. I am moving to my new house, Mistress Jaguar. When where are you going? asked Goat, very curious. I have also built a house and I am moving there right now, answered Jaguar, very proud of herself. So I believe we are going to be neighbors. My house is this beauty right here, said Goat. You are wrong, Mr. Goat. This is my house. I have weeded, cleaned the plot, raised the walls, and put the windows and door in place, said Jaguar, very angry. But, but I chopped the wood, did the roof really carefully, and painted the whole house. I kept thinking that fortune was helping me all the while, said Goat, enraged. I also thought this was a miracle, roared Jaguar. And what are we supposed to do now? two animals stood in silence for a while. Jaguar spoke first. I believe we must live together then, but I warn you, I have a terrible temper. If you ever see me frowning, get away from me. That means I am really angry, said Jaguar. She wanted to go to feel very frightened and give up the house. Goat was really scared of sharing the house with Jaguar, but he did not want to give it up. Okay, Jaguar, I have understood, but take care of yourself. If you ever see me sneezing and scratching my beard, get away from me. That means I am enraged, he said. And time went by. Each animal tried to keep away from the other as much as possible. But after a week, in the middle of the night, Goat woke up and saw Jaguar standing in the living room, frowning. Nervously, he started to sneeze, sneeze, and scratch his beard. The two of them looked at each other, full of fright. They didn't think twice. Goat jumped through one window. Jaguar jumped through the other window. And they hurried away, running as fast as they could. They were so scared that they are still running away from each other to this day. Hmm. 
That's a cool story. It's funny because on face value, it seems pretty pretty simple. And it almost seems like, well, what are they even trying to say besides, you know, okay, there's the entertainment value to it, right? This is a story you'd, you'd tell a kid, they might think it's funny, and then they'd move on. But there's definitely some more there that, that we're going to get into. Um, what can you tell us about this folktale? Well, I want to acknowledge that it comes from uh, a, co a collection uh, called, uh, well, an anthology really called Brazilian Folktales that were put together by Livia de Almada and Ana Portela, uh, but were edited by Margaret Reed MacDonald, who was a major figure in, in uh, children's uh, literature. And it had a very fine advisory board, uh, including Joseph Bruchak, who was an Abenaki writer who was well-known in Rochester. And, and so it has great bona fides. And I'd done a script of this uh, many years ago for children's theater at the college had written to Margaret Reed McDonald and asked her to ask uh, if I could have permission to do it. It was nonprofit. And, and she uh, was very supportive and very glad to have it happen. And so it's a fine book. It's called Brazilian Folktales, but, uh, and it's organized according to some indigenous groups, but for these particular tales, they, they aren't uh, the animal tales from the rainforest. It's the Amazon is a wide area, as we know. This one did not have a, a listing, as some of them do, for which indigenous uh, group or tribe that it came from. And so I'm thinking that it may well have been one of those mixes of of influences from, from Portugal, Spain, indigenous uh, altogether. Hmm. Okay. Um what do you think that the animals' original homes say about them? So the jaguar says that she was tired of, of living in these dirty caves, and the goat was, was tired of living with all these other goats. Do you think there's a significance to that that being mentioned? I I do, but I'm going to say this. I mean, we mentioned this before we started. I, I, I want to say early on here that, that I, am, uh, I am not an anthropologist. I'm not a sociologist, and and so I I cannot, with any great confidence, uh, assert uh, a meaning that this story may well have had. Many meanings this story may well have had over the years, and currently, uh, in uh, areas of Brazil in the rainforest. This is just an older white guy saying, <laughs> "Here's what I'm thinking." Okay, but for me, it's it, you're spot on. This is the conditions out of which the two animals. Uh, come animals always standing in in folk tales for humans in some way uh, would indicate a wanting to better their better than their, their surroundings in some way uh, either to get away from influences and crowding and family influences and, and too many neighbors or whatever uh, or to get away from uh, dire uh, uh, conditions that don't really serve the soul in Jaguar's case. Yeah, yeah. And so that is it I think that what what strikes me about is it's it's contrasting, right? So yeah. you have you know goat is surrounded by, you know, a, a family of of other goats. And you know, if you think about it, if these are the creatures natural habitats, right? It's probably what they're best suited to, right? Yeah. If you're a goat, 
you're probably going to have a best chance of survival and, and other things. If you're surrounded by other goats behind a fence, <laughs> these sorts of things. If you're a jaguar, you know, if you're a solitary, you know, apex predator like that, you're going to want to have some sort of fortress type setting so that, you know, if, if you have a, a crowd of animals that could overpower you, you know, you, you, they can't surround you. They can't get behind you or do these other things. So these animals are starting in, in habitats that are sort of naturally suited to them. And then they're pining for and, and eventually build um, what what almost seems like a, a suburban white picket yeah. <laughs> dream house, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, it, it seems like there's, you know, and again, like you said, this is a Brazilian folktale. It's not an American folktale. So this is probably a meaning that that I'm just conjuring up that doesn't relate to the the act the real story, but I think that you know like like we talked about with the two frogs and like you'd mentioned just here, um, we know that we're not we don't have the ability to comment on the cultural context um, of these folk tales and it would be very arrogant and dangerous of us to do so to a worldwide audience. So all we're doing is looking at it philosophically yeah. given our knowledge of philosophy and our um you know our backgrounds now that doesn't mean that we're asserting our backgrounds as being um the be all end all because that is no better than pretending that we are experts that, in the other background that, that's true and 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 and, and it's important that you said that because uh, that we pointed this out because ultimately a tale is a tale if it's retold if it's collected in a book, if one wants to put it on stage, if it's it's always going to be fresh because it's always going to speak to people in a variety of ways. And so I celebrate the idea of folktale. I love reading folktales from around the planet. I have for decades because it's 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 not first and foremost an attempt to in in the, for my particular needs to to. Um, understand all of the provenance of the tale itself, but what is as but as a jumping off point for philosophy in this case. So yes, why would one? Why why would an animal? Uh, either animal, uh, they're speaking, of course. They're they're, they're avatars for human uh, human uh, uh, foibles, and but they're they're aspiring to a human habitation. Well, there's a mistake in itself, but also it, it's, it's, it would be good for people to know that jaguar is often uh, the butt of jokes in folktales, in Brazilian folktales. Jaguar is always tripping over herself, getting tricked by other little animals, and and so it's rather in in the in our context perhaps. Uh, not like Tom and Jerry exactly, uh, <laughs> or Roadrunner and Coyote, but that kind of thing. And Coyote himself is a trickster in so many, in so many different uh, cultures. Um, so Jaguar is sort of the straight woman. <laughs> so and that's funny, right? Because that is a a piece of um, cultural information that is is good to have. Because I think for a lot of people around the world, that would seem kind of counterintuitive, right? If you know anything about a jaguar, you're like, okay, well, this is the largest apex predator in the Western world. You know, like this, you know, you'd think that, oh, okay, well, here's this, you know, giant, you know, killing machine and it's going to be, you know, but the jaguar is, is, uh, is the butt of the jokes. Why do you think, why is that? Do you have any idea? <laughs> I have my, my, you know, 
my own little nestled thoughts. I, I think that because having read a lot of Jaguar stories, and, and we did some of these other ones on stage too, um, isn't it human to want to poke the bear or poke the jaguar, so to speak, to say, okay, if this is an apex predator, but we other animals, we can get around that. We can manage to survive because we can be clever in ways that jaguar might not be. I don't, I don't find that as much in this story as some of the other jaguar stories, but still it's there. It's like, ah, okay, this is the, the, the top of the line. Let's get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder, you know, with with these folk tales, right? A lot of them are, you, you know, there there's implicit and explicit messages to them, and it makes you wonder if some of these folk tales where they're downplaying these these animals, it's it is a way of um, sort of coping with with them to to some extent, you know. It also brings up for me, Joel, uh, the, you know, going back to a little philosophical strand, the idea that well, without Without the overarching uh, influence of a civilization, so to speak, government, whatever, uh, that life is nasty, brutish, and short. Well, of course it is. The red of the tooth and claw kind of thing that we that philosophers were dealing with in the 1700s and 1800s is very much, I think, in this. Uh, and so one of the strands for me is, oh, so you want to deny your own nature. Hmm. Um, that's probably going to cause you trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's what I was getting at when we were talking about the origins of their homes. You know, that seemed to be what what stuck out to me was, well, you were, you were going from a place that was perfectly suited for what you are and instead tried to um, create something that was not not natural. Um, do you think there's a meaning behind the animals' genders? Do you think there's a reason they made a, the jaguar a, a female and the goat a male? Uh, I can take some guesses, but more often than not, my encounters with the jaguar stories are that are that they are female. I don't know why. Uh, it's an interesting thing. It's certainly not universal in the stories, but. But I think we often think of goats. I think this is cross culture, so the, the grumpy old yeah. <laughs> creatures. It's, it, it, you don't look at a goat and say, "Oh, female." <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> no. especially when you get all those horns. That were, mm -hmm. and I had my. We had two goats for a time with uh, my second child, and 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 I tell you that the the female goat was much more. Aggressive sometimes the male goat would would take the male goat sideways with the budding <laughs> right into it. So I don't I don't I don't think there is an an underlying ne over necessity to analyze gender, but I think it's totally open for us to do it. So yeah, based off of what you just said, maybe it's just a, a type of anthropomorphizing, right? So like you said, you see a goat. Goats have beards, and they have these. They have characteristics that we as humans associate with masculinity, mm -hmm. whereas a jaguar is kind of this smooth, um, you know, quiet sort of um, presence. And you think, oh, well, that has some some characteristics that we 
gender as being feminine. Yeah, and so that itself is interesting, isn't it? It makes us think about, and that may not have ever been intended in the story in any way, but it does make us think about that. I, I've, I've known many people who call every cat they encounter a female. Mm-hmm. It's just she, the, the pronoun is, but why? I mean, some <laughs> there are, many of their, our domesticated animals are neutered or spayed, you know, that they're, Gender doesn't really <laughs> uh, need to come into it, but yeah, we do that. We assign it. We somehow have this absolute. It gets in our way so often to assign a gender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that you know, if that's sort of a, an example of that I'm not saying that it is happening in the story, but it is something that that people do, like you said, with a whole species of animal to gender it a certain way based off of how we what how we ascribe gender to certain characteristics and so that fallacy or or miss um miscalculation in assigning gender to to a species like that sort of gets you thinking about the whole process of how we come to those kind of conclusions about humans or anything else much why we feel the the need to push We've talked about the categorization thing before. Somehow we want to feel safe and know that we know everything. So you are he because we say you are because you have X characteristics for XY characteristics, and 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 you are you are female because and and we have a remarkable burgeoning group of human beings across the planet to say no. No, it's much more complicated than that. So, yeah, I think the story invites that inadvertently, but it does. So, is there a meaning to each step of the construction of the house? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that they just kind of serve to move the story along? Well, let's look at each step. I think that's an excellent question. Uh, it's worthy of, of some conversation. So, let's see. Step one. Uh, uh, Jaguar goes to the spot that she wants. She works on the plot. She clears it. She levels the ground. Then Goat comes along, finds the ground already leveled, and says he's going to work there. Well, I think that's human and natural, right? I've got to go out. If I don't have to work as hard, I've got the spot that's already seemingly just there for me. (laughs) Then I, I, I think that that... That is is that is totally understandable, but I also think that it's it's vital to to notice that immediately uh, he jumps to the idea that oh well this was lucky happenstance, but then we move from that into oh this is fortune this is a miracle right and as 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 does Jaguar so yeah clearing the ground first who did the really hard work Jaguar mm. go benefits. Next step, right? Uh, so, uh, goat uh, comes along, and you can you can help me with this because I'm going back to the. Uh, he finds the spot. Uh, the train's clean. He started to work cutting trees and chopping the wood. So the train was cleaned, but he still had to take down the uh, the lumber essentially, and he's exhausted. And he piles up the wood for the house. And then Jaguar comes back, finds that uh, there's the wood that is needed. And Jaguar uh, 
says this is a miracle. Fortune is helping me. Neither one of them thinks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the interesting part, right? Is that I think goat's first misconception is something that could be accepted by most people, right? All right, you're going out to look for a place to where you know to plot a house, and you see, like you said, oh, a piece of level ground that is all weeded, right? Well, maybe he just searched hard enough that he found the right piece of ground, right? So it, he might be able to assume that there hadn't been any other interference at this point. But when Jaguar comes back and sees a bunch of lumber cut, why didn't she immediately think somebody else is doing construction? <laughs> well, I, yeah, that 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 occurs to one, and and I think this goes back to where Jaguar comes from. Goat comes from a place where construction is. Uh, the uh, penultimate need to construct the farm with the fences barn so uh, jaguar comes from the caves oh well so i think the implication is that uh to to use a completely different context uh, jaguar is the country mouse and <laughs> and goat is the city mouse uh, right in, in a sense uh, loosely but yeah, neither one of them seems to. I think there's there's so much in this that that, that they don't that we'll keep getting to it. They don't notice or acknowledge the potential that somebody else is working hard. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot in that for yeah <laughs> for yeah. us. But so then we move on, right? So what's what's the next step? Uh, uh, goat goat leaves. Uh, Jaguar comes back, finds the finds the the wood and the lumber, and uh, she raises the walls and the floor of the house, and stops at night and takes off the walls are smooth and shiny, and picks up her tools and goes. Now that's it's interesting. They're tools. Hmm. Jaguar <laughs> jaguars don't have access right. to tools, <laughs> so, so there's probably a, a a prequel or a segue. They said, "How did Jaguar get those tools? Whom did she gobble up a bunch of people? I, I don't know, <laughs> but she got the tools." And and <laughs> and and Goat comes back before sunrise. He can't believe his eyes. Well, of course he can't. The walls and the floor of the house are bare. He only has to put on the roof. But I do your your earlier question. The point of this, I think, is we we see that each one, without this next step that the other does. That, that building wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going back and forth, and, and I think this will come into effect towards the end when we're talking about the moral of the story a little bit. That's why discussing these folktales is, is a little bit tricky because um, you, you want to sort of take it sequentially, talk about the story in the order that it goes, but the nature of folktales is have the moral at the end so like talking about the other parts of the story before you get to the main message is a little bit true but yeah so these these two animals are, are trading back and forth building um parts of the house uh they seem oblivious that anybody's helping them um and then there's there's one section that really stuck out to me which is i think it's the next one after goat um, gets the roof up yeah after he gets the roof up he wonders to himself if he's going to be able to hang the windows and the door, he says, Oh, I'm so, I'm so small and weak. I wonder if I'm going to be able to do this. 
Now, that's that's pretty much the one variation in this middle section of the mm-hmm. story. Otherwise, it's just going back and forth and, and them building parts of the house. That's the little tidbit of, of flavor from the author that says that seems to imply that there's there's something else going on. What do you think? What do you think is being said there? A beginning a recognition. Of, it was, it's the first recognition, uh, explicit recognition of limitations. As you've pointed out, I think that what's going on is that though he might want to claim his fortune and everything helping, uh, making all this possible, hmm, but I'm still going to have to hang the windows. He's believing that nothing else is going to happen, uh, that it's all up to him. But I think this is also beginning to own almost as if, oh, well, I've done all of this. Because it'd be very easy to convince yourself you've done all of it if you say, well, I don't see anybody else around and this is happening. I, I think that, so I think this is part of the honesty part is, I don't know if I can do this. The the self-convincing part is, well, I must be able to because I think that's human psychology. And we also, with the, the moral stuff comes later, but there are a lot of things in that too. I'm stacking these up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that it's really interesting um, because, like you said, the, the story is, um, you know, for the most part, the characters are stand-ins for humans, right? Like you said, Jaguar has tools. Well, Jaguars don't have tools. They don't even have opposable thumbs to use tools. <laughs> Goats are even worse. They have hoofs. You know, how's he going to build anything, right? We're, we're, so, we're, we're the cartoon thing. Right, right. right. Yeah. So, um, but at the same time, the story doesn't completely um disregard their physical characteristics oh. as just a substitute for humanity. Um, and this is really the the demonstration of that is yeah. the goat yeah. says, oh man, I'm I might be too small to hang these windows, to hang this door. Not that I don't have opposable thumbs, but right, I might yeah, be that- too small. But but it but because folktales of uh, a global level, folktales do acknowledge some of the characteristics of the animal because otherwise you wouldn't have the the humor or the the pointedness of of whatever the story seems to be saying to oneself. But the universal is we all seem to accept cartoons. You know, once in a while we might say, no, wait a minute, no roadrunner could do this, but where's the fun in that? Okay, tell me a road, tell me a coyote story. Of course, coyote can talk. Of course, coyote can pick things up and order things from Amazon. No, sorry, acne. I can't help but to think there's a relationship there somewhere. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I think there's the, the joy of the animals stumbling and discovering things that we can sit back and say, well, of course, but they're still teaching us something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting that um, not only does, does goat have this moment. And like you said, I think that it introduces um that this is really where like the introduction of the moral starts to come in is that like you said based off of goat's mindset there i don't know if i'm strong enough to hang the windows and doors basic you know he is up until this point not considering that anybody else has has done any work right but at the same time okay so all this has happened and he didn't do it but he doesn't think that anything else is going to happen and that sends a, a strange signal about his mindset, right? It does. So he, he didn't do this work, but nobody else did it. But everything in the future, he'll have to do. It's a really weird... I think it shows us the goat is more cautious. 
hmm. or less not self-deceiving that's not right um that's not the phrase i want there are limits to goat's faith mm. but then jaguar comes along oh i'll, I'll hang these with <laughs> yeah, jaguar doesn't have a um a, a, a sympathetic um th- there's no uh comparable moment for jaguar no, jaguar no. just continues to build no. um without without the thought of it so yeah, like you, I, I think it's interesting. You said um, the goat has the lack of faith, but it's really almost the intrusion of um, intellect at some point. But it's it's a strange one, right? Because he's still, um, there's still like a denial about the past. Or, you know, it, you would think that if he was assuming that he was going to have to do all the work in the future, that he would know somebody would have had to do some of the work in the past, but which it's is, not. Which is telling us that he's he as all human beings thinks inconsistently. Right, right, <laughs> right. Also, I think we may find something of the of the nature of where he comes from, which you brought up at the beginning. Who is more likely to believe that they are capable of doing anything? A creature that has lived entirely on its own. And whatever happens essentially is on that creature or a creature who comes from a very crowded place where apparently lots of things go on, <laughs> including go to tools. But, uh, but being in a group of people sometimes causes one to reinforce and echo one's own limitations. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, we're going to talk about this more once we get to the end of the story for sure. But just as kind of a a little introduction there and and thinking about that little piece of the story, I think is important. Yep. Yep. All right. So after Jaguar hangs the windows, Goat comes back. He paints the house. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm such a little and small creature. I can't put in windows. But somehow... Isn't he the one who did the roof? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I can't get up there to put these things, but I can get up to do the roof. I can cut coconut leaves. So, <laughs> and I can paint the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So I. <laughs> who knows? So go paints the house. Jaguar comes back, says that it's it's her favorite colors. Right. You think. You think there's something with that? Goat and Jaguar both have these, this white and blue that they. Do you think something about a similarity in the characters, or yes? And and we're we're heading rapidly toward those morals that we're drawing from this. But yeah, both of them have an aesthetic sense. Both of them have a sense of what is pleasing, and it's the same. Both of them have a dream that is the same. I think those those colors could be overly heavy-handedly applied and they shouldn't be. Those colors are universally quite striking for most people. But like you just said, there's something that that is continuing throughout the story that's applicable, which is that when Jaguar hung the walls and then left, Goat didn't come back the next day and say, well, this isn't the floor plan that I had laid out. You know, like, oh, I was no. thinking I was thinking I was going to have an open floor plan where the kitchen <laughs> led right into the living room. This is all closed off. No, no he, he was just ecstatic that the walls had been raised. And we're assuming, 
like he wanted them to be. Well, let, let's Jaguar let's... didn't come back and say, "Well, I wouldn't have done coconut leaves for the roofs." You know, I would have. You know, <laughs> that's that a fine point. No, no, that, this is this is the platonic ideal writ large. This is the ideal house because it has locks and and windows and it's painted blue and white and it has a roof. It has walls. It has a door. It has nice floors. Yeah, this is something in this. This is the, the, the ideal for both of them, for whatever reason. Yeah, and there's, there's a <laughs> profound philosophical and psychological um, sort of background behind that. Mm -hmm. But, all right, so they, they get done building the house. Um, and we've, we've talked about why, why they didn't suppose that anybody else was helping them. Um, do you think there's a significance to the animals themselves, the jaguar and the goat? Do you think that any other animal could have been a stand-in since, you know, they all have tools and they can all do this stuff? <laughs> or do you think there's a significance to those two animals in particular? I think there's a significance. Uh, you, you asked this. I mean, some of these questions came up, as I said, years ago when I did this with a remarkable group of college students who were themselves thinking about why these animals would be doing this. And I can't say this for certain, as I said before, but I, I think that the idea that one animal is sleek, as you said, powerful, fluid, stronger in some ways, but another animal is very uh, regimented and uh, used to order and um, and 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 self-reliant to some extent although where they got the tools is going to be a different story the jaguar got tools differently than the goat did hmm. the tools are readily available on a farm so how they got what they needed in the first place in order to make what they needed uh, i i think that yeah you could have perhaps you could have had a, 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 a well a bull <laughs> Well, maybe instead of a of a goat, but then a bull wouldn't have had trouble with saying, "Could I? I'm not strong enough to mm -hmm. do this." So I think it's it's a very interesting balance of of characteristics that isn't random. Yeah, I think that um, you know, and that's where some of the subtlety shines. And kind of like we were talking about earlier in the episode, um, with the gender part of it, right? So we just talked about this this ideal house, right? This Platonic ideal house. Um, the house is a powerful um, metaphor in psychology for um, sort of the the structure of the mind, you know. Mm -hmm. And then if we think about the jaguar um, being this sort of um, this sort of feminist, you know, feminine animal, and a goat as being a masculine animal, but they both want this same sort of thing, mm -hmm. despite their different backgrounds and characteristics and things. Well, that's kind of a you can sort of see that as being a powerful message for. Oh, yeah. uh, inequality, yeah. <laughs> an inequality sort of thing, yeah. whether or not it was intended. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of this <laughs> kind of stuff in here that that you you can pick up on. What do you think the arc of the animals' interactions with each other tells us? They're both satisfied. They're both uh, very satisfied. They're both they're both self satisfied when they encounter each other. Well, let uh, let's from the beginning. Both of these creatures are motivated. Both of these beings are or, uh, have some self-discipline. Uh, 
not not one that would would embrace logic all the time, but they have some self discipline. I mean, my, my dad would be extraordinarily happy. Look, they're all picking up their tools. That's what you're supposed to do. I heard that a lot growing up. <laughs> Put your tools away. Uh, they all, they, they, they both get up early. <laughs> and thus, they both can encounter each other on the path at the, uh, at the same time. Had, had they, but, it, but previous to that, they're on opposite cycles, hmm. aren't they? Yeah. One comes, does the work, leaves, very tired, whole hum. The other one comes along and says, so they're, they're, they're occupying different parts of the day. I think that's important. But then I'm ready to move in. Suddenly we snap into the standard. <laughs> We've adopted the human standard. Yeah. And that's probably important as well. Because like you said, if if they didn't collect their tools, then the other animal would have to know somebody was helping them, right? If he showed up and there was a bunch of tools at the job site, you would think, you know, <laughs> despite how obvious it was that they were being helped, if, if there was somebody else's tools there, you it would be less miraculous. Have, yeah, you would have to know, right? But yeah, like you said, they they somehow managed to miss each other um, throughout the day. And then when they go to move in, they, they find each other. And um, on and, the road... And as, as with many animal stories as we encountered with the frogs they're on the road they meet right <laughs> they meet about in the middle <laughs> i think that's important yeah that was that was actually my next question is um what are the parallels you see between this story and the two frogs and i think some of that happens with the animals interaction the arc of the animals interactions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they both have their 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 preconceived notions uh they they both make small talk. <laughs> Where are you going, carrying all that stuff? Oh, I'm moving to my new house. I have also built a new house. Now, the difference in those two things is, I think, very important. I am moving to my new house, says the goat. I have also built a house, and I am moving there right now. Goat says nothing about building. Building. Hmm. Now, we go to a new house doesn't mean we put it together. Right. Um, so, so Jaguar is claiming the building of it. Uh, and so then, of course, Goat jumps to, well, we're going to be neighbors. <laughs> Why? Because you met on the road? Because you're about it going to the same place? Did you notice any other house being built at the same time? <laughs> were there two houses? No. That's, that's, that's the funny part. I mean, well, we're going to be neighbors. Now, any one of us might say something silly like that. Uh, encountering somebody else and not thinking about what we were saying, but this is out there. This was a cleared spot and nothing else had been cleared. So why you would assume that? Is yeah. Yeah. And so I, again, just to reiterate what you were saying about kind of the two creatures origins, right? So the Jaguar, you know, says that, that she built the house and she's probably under that impression because she's a solitary animal, right? So like you were saying, when she started building it, despite the fact that it was making progress without her each day, she'd probably never received any kind of help from any other animal throughout her lifetime. Everything that she had ever done, she had done herself. So when the house was completed, it was much more natural for her to say, I did this. Whereas- And goat, fortune helped me. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the goat living on a farm with a bunch of other goats, most likely other people, right? You know, 
things might get done and and you realize oh well you know i i had some part in this but it these other goats or these people might have might have contributed something it's pretty probably pretty rare a goat does something on its own right <laughs> i don't know what they can do <laughs> so they show up and and yeah i think that that language is important we're getting to that section um like the osaka frog and the kyoto frog right mm-hmm. where these aren't just mere images of each other that that showed up like no each one brings its own its own history and its own characteristics to it that kind of make the tale interesting but due to the brevity of it and you know some of the other stuff it's very subtle what's, it is. what's going on uh, when uh, you are wrong master goat this is my house i have weeded cleaned the plot raised the walls and put the windows and doors in place jaguar is getting angry Goat says, but I chopped the wood, did the roof really carefully, as if (laughs) just that little phrase. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Is that the the Jaguar didn't say anything about doing things carefully, but Goat is into this meticulous thing. But this must be mine because I worked extra hard at it. Uh, I painted the whole house. As if, well, if I painted some of it, it wouldn't. I think it it's it 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 gives a different viewpoint than Jaguar. And I wonder if there's there's a measure of insecurity in what Goat is saying as well, because we've already seen it with Goat, where he said, "I don't know if I'm strong enough to raise the windows or doors." You'd have to assume probably the same thing would be true of raising the walls as well, and some of this other stuff. Maybe he's looking at it and saying. You know, as the as Jaguar is listing off all the things that she did to build the house, maybe he's thinking, well, I couldn't have done that if she didn't do it. So now he's trying to sort of add in some flavor. Here's what I've contributed. I, I did the roof carefully. <laughs> I painted the whole house to try to measure up equally with what with what Jaguar yeah, did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, go, go and Jaguar, we know who's going to win, probably. Yeah. Except in folktales. Uh, but, it's, but I think that there's another thing that, we, that we'll get to if we get to the end of the story is that it, it is... Uh, goat who insists that this must have been some good fortune jaguar says i also thought this was a miracle but a miracle Hmm. and capital f fortune are not necessarily the same thing so there are two different worldviews yeah 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 and and it's funny you should mention that as i was reading a study this week um that psychologists have done on on lucky people Right. And the concept of luck and what how it actually plays out in these sorts of things. And that's very important for those two concepts that you just mentioned. Right. A miracle um, is is exactly what it's what's implied. Right. There's there's no preconditions. A miracle can sort of appear out of nowhere. Fortune implies some groundwork or some pre-existing thing that happened to go your way. Right. That you deserved. And, uh, you know, so if you're a goat and you're you're getting fed with the other goats, good fortune would be if a, a the big piece of food happened to fall in front of your face, right? Or yeah. something along those lines. Or, and if I work extra hard, then maybe I deserve something a little more. Right. I worked really carefully on the roof and I painted things really well. So that's why this kept becoming my place. Yeah, so there's this, there's almost a hard work mindset towards um, mm-hmm. uh, an entitlement, or not, not even entitlement, but just this, um, this miraculous sort of thing. Which again, we're thinking about this, the jaguar's background, right, as a solitary creature, 
And um, yeah, that I think that's an important distinction. Good. The Jaguar is a faster thinker as well. Mm-hmm. They stood in silence. They were at an impasse. Right. The Jaguar speaks first. I believe we must live together. Not, I believe I will kill you and move into this house. <laughs> and I remember reading this the first time and I'm laughing because I, I remember laughing then saying, what a civil Jaguar this is. <laughs> Not only she has tools, but she's quite willing to, to acknowledge that, that go put in work and therefore they would have to live together. But there's a, but there's, uh, you know, a, a, a rule here. I'm angry. Um, I have a terrible temper. If you frown, get away from me. That I'm angry. So she's she's trying to scare him, but she didn't scare him. She's just trying to. She she, I, she could have roared at him and snapped off his head, and that would have been the end of it. But she didn't. I know we're getting the moral stuff. We shouldn't do that yet. But I think that's interesting. I think we're getting to that point now. I think <laughs> I think that it is. Uh, it's high time to to start talking about some of the some of the morals of the story. So why why do you think that is? So because it, it almost seems like her tactics are attempting to do the same thing, right? The difference between roaring or killing the goat or whatever um, is just a more forward way of doing what she's trying to do, which is scare him away, right? She's she's but, trying to say, well, yeah, we can live together, but if you see me frowning, all right. Well, I, I think I might be more concerned if I saw a jaguar smiling, but, <laughs> but that's just me. I, but frowning, not, not any overt. It's, it's not overt violence. Hmm. It's, you better read something into my expression. It's a threat, but it's, it's a mighty subtle one, really. And, and, and goat, uh, He's scared of sharing the house with Jaguar, but he didn't want to give it up. So the apex is there. Hmm. You know, I, I know that I I would have to give this up to this creature, but um, I don't want to. And so I'll go by this. But then the goat has to find something ridiculous to to say as well. If you if you see me sneezing and scratching my beard, well, watch out, I'm enraged. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, goats just run at you with their heads and they and they hurt. Uh, so so they're both trying to uh frighten with this ridiculous inflection. <laughs> As if, well, I'm going to be civil. I really don't want to be, and I really want you gone. So if I frown, you better get out. I'm going to uh, I'm going to accept living with you, but if I itch my beard, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> right. It's, so, yeah, we're getting so now we're getting into the moral detail, right? And we can look at that question of why they're choosing to to use subtlety um, rather than just um, overt force, or essentially nature sort of taking its course, which would seem to be the jaguar, you know, chasing off the goat. We can look at that question. Um, there's there's another part of it we can talk about as well which um is why do you think that they didn't give living with each other a chance in good faith <laughs> i think they because they're untrusting well now the animal characteristics come out you live on a farm you're a goat sooner or later <laughs> things are going to happen uh jaguar can can be hunted or 
or fall prey to another Jaguar at any, any time. Um, there's an implicit recognition that somebody else contributed something toward a common goal. Here I go getting proselytizing. Watch out for me. <laughs> there, there's an implicit, okay, we built this house together, and I don't want you to just have this house by yourself because I worked hard at it too. So they have the groundwork for making it work, but they've undermined themselves at the same time by saying, but I'm not going to like you, and I know I'm going to, and I, and I want to scare you away. They could have given it a chance. They don't because they can't get past their own natures, hmm. I think. Yeah. And, and, and the line that says, uh, when he woke up and he saw the jaguar standing in the living room frowning, well, maybe the jaguar was trying to, but if the jaguar is frowning and he's asleep, he might not have woken up. So maybe the jaguar is just thinking about the strangeness of this situation. I don't think that's reading too much into it. Yeah, no, I think I think that the those contextual clues aren't there for no reason, right? I don't think it was the goat was sleeping in the middle of the night when the jaguar was frowning just because, right? I think right. that that, that yeah. is put there for a reason. And and when he wakes up, the first thing he does is see her standing there frowning and okay, I'm gonna sneeze, scratch my beard. And then the line is they didn't think twice. One jumps out one window, one jumps out the other window, off they go. Uh, they're so scared, they're still running from each other to this day. Uh, presumably, the house either collapses in the elements or someone else benefits from, from the house being there. Here's where it really speaks to me, Joel. And, and let's see, you build a metaphorical house together, two very different kinds of creatures two very different kinds of beings from two very different kinds of backgrounds, but they are, they are common. They have the common elements of beauty of, of what's pleasing of a sense of what's or a good house, what's in order. You know where I'm going with this. I, I, this was never intended. I think probably, uh, to work as a political metaphor, but my God, it works as one for me. You do all this, you, you, you're thankful for something. Something has made this other part of the house that you didn't make happen. You, you come together, you realize, ah, somebody else is involved. Of course, somebody else is involved. Uh, we both use tools. We both have the same sensibilities. But I don't trust you. I don't want to live with you because you have different ideas than I do. So do you. But we both worked hard at this. So let's try. But not really. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to misread you the moment you do something. And I'm going to be scared of you. And so we're going to run away. We're going to abandon all the work that we did. Mm. That's what it says to me. And there's an interesting part of that, too, is that, you know, Jaguar and Gold both started off talking about frowning and sneezing and all this as a way to intimidate the other creature. But really, all they did was scare themselves. Yes, right? it didn't. It didn't accomplish the end goal uh, at all of of scaring. Uh, you know, I think it allows for. Uh, I think that it's vital to this story to me reading it. That subtlety of the misread. I wake up. I see the animal frowning well we didn't say anything about all these uh, separate bedrooms and everything we don't know that's all maybe it is open concept house right so <laughs> the, the, the the jaguar 
lives on a different time scale. The, the night and day, day and night are different to these two creatures. We've established that before. So it's not necessarily the jaguar was trying to intimidate the sleeping goat. Right. But the impression is what caused the immediate knee-jerk response, which frightened both of them. They, as you say, they scared themselves. And that's getting that's getting into the big moral of the story, right? Is that so these two there's there's lots of other outcomes, right? So <laughs> the animals could have tried to live together in, in good faith. They also could have just built another house, right? They they had done it together, you know. Wouldn't so, take too much effort. Right. Well, take effort, but it wouldn't take too long. They they could each have their own house. They were happy to be neighbors, right? Yo, we're gonna be neighbors. Oh, this is gonna there's be great. Right? Good for you. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of other outcomes that that could have happened. Um but the reason that they didn't is like you said, it's the other, right? It's the difference between the two animals. I almost wonder, right, if these animals had the same sensibilities and they had done all this work together, if it had been another goat that had built the house, right? <laughs> Do you think that he would have lived with this other goat, you know? Do you think that it was, he was, the, the fear of the jaguar is what ended up, you know, causing the whole thing to fall apart? Because other think- than that... They have very similar sensibilities, right? Yes, they, they do. Other than that, they do. They both use tools. They both uh, all these things. But yeah, I think the, the the goat would have been disappointed and somewhat hesitant because the goat wanted to get away from being with other goats anyway. Uh, but it probably wouldn't. It probably would have taken a few nights of beard scratching. <laughs> <laughs> and the other goats would go, oh, I scratch my beard too. So what am I going Yeah. Uh, it's that, oh, but you frowned. <laughs> so this is leading us in, into the big moral of the story, right? So they did mention that, that the goat wanted to get away from other goats. So now, then, what they what the issue is, is that they wanted to have some sort of, um, they wanted to say that they did it, right? It's an independence. Mm-hmm. But it's a false independence, right? Because the goat couldn't raise the walls or the windows or the doors, and the jaguar... Who knows? You know, I don't know. Maybe he couldn't have put the roof together as carefully or painted as well or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but when all is said and done, each one wanted to lay claim to it as as being their thing. Yes. Uh, with with that uh, grudging acknowledgement that the other had something to do with it. Yeah. So there, I think there's, uh, uh, it's not universal, quite a widespread propensity in, in some cultures, our own as one. To, to say, well, I that, that people like to say, I I did all of this myself. Nobody helped me. What you got to do is do everything yourself. You never can depend on anybody, and 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 people delude themselves with that all the time. Well, of course you do some things yourself. Of course you you've 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 built this wonderful studio, for instance. I've 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 managed to do some artwork, whatever. But. But, but I couldn't whole, have without going yeah. to other resources. I couldn't have without having a teacher. I could not. Yeah, the whole thing is pretty illusory, right? Because yeah. I might have built the studio, but I didn't. I didn't build the microphones, right? And I built the computer, but I didn't assemble the motherboard chips and things yeah. like that. Right. And outside of all of that, right? I didn't figure out how to make electricity work. I didn't. I didn't build my house. I didn't. And even outside of that, the entire concept of a studio, the concept of recording a sound wave and having it be able to listen to it later. That's where things 
these, you know, even artistic concepts, right? These very abstract conceptual things, you even start to realize um, are not responsible to you alone, right? Because when I go to write a song, right? I wrote that song. So maybe that particular combination of lyrics and chords and melody don't exist anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. But the structure of the song um, comes from my background listening to other people's music, right? Mm -hmm. If I was a brand new baby, right? If If you isolated me in a room for 30 years and never let me listen to anything and then, you know, it gave me musical instruments. What would I, I wouldn't create what I create now. Right. It's, it's all influenced by other people. So there's the material aspect of it that we are in all ways, especially with the globalized economy, um, reliant on, on everybody else, but even in intellectual and artistic and creative endeavors. Um, I think that people can be specifically um self-deluded into thinking that they um have done something that is um not influenced by other people Mm -hmm. and that's that tends to be the pinnacle of artistic um excellence and i don't think that it should be right i think that people put too much emphasis on that well this is original right well originality has its place right you're you you are trying to create something new but you have to realize you're trying to create something new out of pieces that are already there. Yeah, right? Brilliance is ha- is wonderfully embraced and acknowledged. And and yes, people do. We know that they accomplish amazing things. But the humility of saying, but I couldn't have accomplished all those amazing things without. Uh, that's the vital human thing. Uh I'm, I'm going to, if, uh, if some of our listeners may not be familiar with this, and I apologize because it's, it's uh, American pop culture, <laughs> right? They're going back to when I was little, back in 1963, there's a, a show called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> and th- there is, uh, strangely, an elf who wants to be a dentist. He doesn't like being an elf. And there's a, a reindeer who's not allowed to be a reindeer because the reindeer has a strange, uh, aberrant, mutant nose. and <laughs> and they both oh, one is the elf is uh, going to be fired and he quits Santa's workshop and 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 the uh, the deer runs away and is banished really and, but runs away and they meet each other and they decide to uh, as the uh, as the elf says they're both independent they declare but the elf says and look uh, yeah, let's be independent together. <laughs> and I really think that there's that that is a a deeper idea than just some little goofy cartoon from American television. I think we know that it runs backward through any culture that that seeks to uh, be organized and is back in thousands and many thousands of years. Organizational style isn't the issue, or, or the, the values are not the common issue necessarily, but the fact of wanting to be fully realized being and having to acknowledge at the same time that there's another being, at least, that you are beholden to. Right. Yeah, we all want to think that we built our own house, but somebody was raising the walls <laughs> right before we got there. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is the big moral of the story. Um, what else do you see in there that we haven't we haven't talked about yet? Uh, well, I, I think that there's 
when someone first reads a folktale, I just remember when some of my students uh, were reading this, and it seemed alien to them at first because of the kind of uh, the, the jaguar, at least. It was, wasn't completely alien, of course, but it seemed that way. And, oh, just the fact that it came from the Amazon region must somehow mean that we can't understand that. And and, and we we had to work through that. So, well, of course, we can understand elements of story, even if we, we, we have to, we never completely understand a story. So I'm sure there are other things, but other than the valuation of, of the humorous element, the, the ridiculous behavior of human beings <laughs> writ into the animals, I, I, yeah, I think that's pretty it. Nice. Yeah, man, it was fun. I can't wait to look at more folktales in the future. So until next time, keep on. Thank you.